Good morning. I have not been here, which tells me how long since I have been into the city. It's really, really good to, to be here this morning. I am excited to actually be here. And um, I have to say, it's been a crazy week. It's been a really crazy week. For, for those of you who don't know, I'm Sam. Um, I have one wife, just one, that's enough. Is it not on? You sure? I, th- I can hear myself. It's definitely on. Yeah. Sound guys. Um, so I have one wife and two kids, and Jody's my wife. She, I think she's been in here to preach and um, pass it. Oh, she hasn't either. Oh. Um, so Jody's Pastor Tark's daughter, and um, yeah. <laughs> It's my claim to fame, really, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway, the, the truth is this week has just been terrible. We've had a really, really tough week. It's like the kids have reverted back to being newborns, uh, and we've not been sleeping well at all. Like, it's just been crazy. Um, at work during the week, I've been trying to prepare for today, and I've had interruption and crisis and issue, and it's just been nonstop. It, all the, well, some of them have been good interruptions, but it's just been crazy. And I'm like, what's going on? And, and then this morning, we tried to... Jody's song leading this morning, so the kids went a little bit early, and we said, Zach, don't take this toy. He took his favorite toy, and he lost it. And so we had tears and meltdowns, and this was till like 20 past nine, you know, like I'm going to be preaching in like 10 minutes, and I'm still trying to console him. And... But anyway, I'm here this morning, and I feel God's got something to say. But I, I do have to share a couple of announcements. The first one is, and you guys are far more intelligent than the West community, so you probably want to put it in your phone. On the 8th of July, we are celebrating 30 years of Pastor Tark and Adrian being part of Church Unlimited. So if you could save those dates, the 8th of July, that would be fantastic because you know, the thing that will mean the most to him is if you guys are here on Sunday morning to celebrate him, and maybe if possible, you might even be able to be free to come out on a Sunday night and, and be there for all the stuff that's going to happen. So we're going to be celebrating Pastor Tark and Adrian, but also 30 years of Church Unlimited. So that's the 8th of July, if you could save that. Now, of course, I missed all your notices. I'm just checking. Did you talk about conference at all? So I just have to, because otherwise I'll get in trouble. I'm a man under authority. So you know how we have this big joke about the prices never going up and all that kind of thing with conference? Well, because Pastor Tark is in Tonga this weekend and he's actually away, the prices are going up on Tuesday. So they are going up. And so what is $50, I'm not sure what the price is going to, but the eventual full price is going to be $130. So if you're part Indian like me, by marriage, but you know, <laughs> then you want to get your tickets today because... $50 is actually too cheap, but that's where it is. But the thing that, or well, the one price that I really want to mention is the family price, which is two adults and two kids, is only $120. Now, if you've got kids, that is so cheap because we need to be, you know, we've got to find something for the kids to do during the school holidays. But anyway, I just really want to encourage you to go out and grab them. So we're going to get into our message. And what I feel this morning 
is I want to take what I felt, because I had the privilege of sitting in all of Christchurch's conference and all of Auckland's conference and hearing the messages and how they came out differently and the same and all that. I want to pick out what I felt, not I felt personally for myself, but what I felt God's saying for all of Church Unlimited through New Zealand and beyond. So whether you went to conference or not, you'll be able to hear the, the mega themes coming through. So let's just pray. Father, I just really do want to thank you that you are speaking to us, God, that as a family, God, we're moving together, God, in whatever location we're from, that as one big family, Lord, from Sydney and Tuvalu right down to Rotorua, God, we're all moving in one direction, wanting to see, Lord, you bring life and change and love, Lord, to our communities, God, and I just pray right now, Lord, speak so clearly and personally to everyone here today, in Jesus' name, amen. So one thing that I loved, and you would have seen it on the screens, was Alan's, Pastor Alan's first message on Sunday morning about three weeks ago. And he talked about these four squares of like different churches. By, do you guys remember that at all? Well, I so feel what he's saying. that, And you guys are quite good as the city church. West, we're falling behind, but we'll catch up. But the ability of social justice... You know, to be doing loving and really being there for the community and seeing the power of God. Because the truth is, is you can love them, but not sort out the true things that need to be sorted out, their eternal destiny. But I think if we can start bringing both of them together, we're going to start seeing the community truly and lastingly impacted by the power of God. But we've got to meet their physical needs first. Is this all right or is it just the fallbacks? So can, we, can I have the fallbacks down? Is that all right? Sorry, I'm just being fussy this morning. Um, so I really feel that that's what God wants to do. But if I'm really honest, the thing that spoke to me the most at conference was Pastor Alan. If you ever got to see him during worship, he walked out on the first morning. We'd never met him before. He, he's sitting there. He's in worship. And then all of a sudden, he's just lying flat on his face. You know, He's about to get up and preach and worship, but he's lying flat on his face just totally in love with God. And I'm just like, you know, for us, if we're going to see what they saw over in Ireland and the power of God breaking out, the first key is you, you've got to get that intimacy with God. You know, and, and he was up there preaching and all of a sudden he'd pause and it'd be like somebody's whispering in his ear and then he'd have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and then, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit wants me to share this. And I'm like, that's what it should be like for all of us. You know, that, did, did anyone say happy birthday, by the way? No? Happy birthday to Irene. She turned 21. When did you turn 21? Thursday. Come on, happy birthday to Irene. Sorry. But to be honest, the best message of all was, did anyone hear that message, Blind Spots, by my wife? Now, who actually heard that message? Okay, I have to be honest. What she said was actually true. Our marriage was pretty bad. Our marriage was pretty bad. But 14 years on, we're still married. Maybe happily. Now, we're doing pretty good, but I think there's something in that that I just want to drop. It's not part of my message, but you know, if we want to have great marriages, if we want to have great families, if we want to be good parents, 
it doesn't just happen. You've got to work at it. You've got to invest in it. You've got to spend time into those things. And, and what you value is important. You've got to actually work at it and really speak into it. So this morning, what I feel on my heart that God is saying is, we're going to learn and grow together. So my title of the message is, Get Your Owl Plates On. Okay, for some of you, this is a familiar sign. Well, it should be. But what I'm finding these days is learners, they don't ever wear, put this on their car at all. And I know some youth, I'm not going to look at anyone, I'll just look at, I know some youth who have had their learners and been driving around for like 10 years and still not even got their restricted. And then I know parents who are on their restricted license and like they're getting close to 40 and still not got their full license. It's not okay. But anyway, get your owl plates on. That's what I want to talk about this morning. And Pastor Alan mentioned the fact that we're all learners. A disciple is a learner. And see, we learn what, about God, and we go from there, and we actually want to put it into practice. So at conference, we did a lot of hearing. But hearing should change from just hearing something to thinking about it. And once you've thought about it, it should change to learning. And then, the problem is most people stop there. They stop at learning. But actually, we need to be putting it into practice. Isn't that right? So as learners... I feel one of the big things that came through through conference, and this is skipping to a slide here, one of the big things that came through conference is we have to be the light in the darkness. We have to be that light in that darkness. But another thing, and almost the second step to that, is after we're the light in the darkness, we also need to be taking Jesus' presence and power into our worlds. We need to be taking Jesus with us, and we need to be doing that. So most of us would straight away think light in the darkness. We think of Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 15, talks about, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Bearing in mind, that salt is talking about you. We don't want to be trampled underfoot, do we? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. You know, just like in Noah's day and Daniel's day, our world is pretty messed up, isn't it? It's perverse and it's getting worse. It's not in a good place. But as Christians, we have this choice. What do we do about that thought of being light in the darkness? See, I think we have one of three things that we do. Number one, we can either try to blend in. So on a Sunday, we come to church and we raise our hands and we shundi bundi and we, we do all we pray and we tithe and we do all that kind of stuff. And then on Monday to Saturday, we just blend in. And it's like we're a, we're a spiritual schizophrenic. You know, one, one day we're like this and the next day we're just the same as everyone else. And there's no light and the light isn't being light at all. And that's just blending in. And God hasn't asked us to do that. But the truth is, a lot of us kind of have that attitude that, you know, during the week, I'm just here. I've got this personal faith, and it's good. But in public, there's not a lot of light shining. There's a lot of not, not a lot of saltiness. There's another thing that we can do. So we can either blend in. The other one is we can remove ourselves. Oh, the world is bad out there. I'm going to be here. And, and the truth is, it's good to be in church, and you've got to be in church, and you've got to be in life groups, and you've got to be around other believers and stirring yourself up. But you're stirred up to go out there. 
Now, I did, was part of a Christian school for eight years of education, and it's not bad. But if we keep isolating ourselves from the world, we're just being light and light. You know, there's no point being light and light. There's already light. We're all just lights together and glowing strong, but we're not being light in the darkness, which God has called us to. And we need to be bringing that light. You know, it's interesting, the verse talks about saltiness. Well, you think, are we adding flavor? No, back in the Bible days, the salt was used a bit for flavor, but mainly as a preservative. It was used to protect, to keep meat good, to keep food good for a long time. And see, the world needs preserving, it needs restoring. And our role as salt is to go and restore the world, to bring it back to a place where it's not going downhill fast. You know, we need, and that's what God's asking us to. But if we're not being salt, then we lose our saltiness and we're thrown out. See, we're called to preserve, to restore, to bring the world back to its rightful place. But that's a job that we're called to. And you know what? If you remove yourselves, you don't need to be salt. And you lose your saltiness. And then all of a sudden you lose that compassion for the lost and the broken people around you because you're just being light and light. So God's called us to be light into the darkness. And how do we do that? Well, we need to shine it. We need to shine. We need to stand out. And I think a great example of this is, and this is one that I've been thinking about for a while, is Noah. Here's God. He's looking down the world and he's like, I'm going to destroy this place. I'm going to send a flood and I'm going to start again. But yet he found Noah. So why? What, what's, what stood Noah out? What was different about Noah? Genesis 6 verse 9 says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Just like I mentioned with Pastor Alan, that walking, that closeness with God. Living a blameless life, a pure life, grabbed God's attention. It's quite interesting, uh, Job 8, and you've got to think about Job in the Bible. Job was going through all this tough time and stuff was happening. Job 8, this is what it says in verse 5 and 6. But if you pray to God and seek the favor of the Almighty, and if you are pure and live with integrity, he will surely rise up and restore you to your prosperous state. See, to be noticed or to stand out or to be stand apart, to truly be salt and light, we can't be the same as the world. We can't just do what all the, everyone else does by staying on our learner's license and never progressing. We need to spiritually put our learner's plate on and say, you know, I'm going to develop and I'm going to grow and learn how to shine my light bright so people will really see there's something different. So what does that really look like? What is doing? What does that really actually look like? Well, the first one, and some of the youth will remember this too, Sunday nights ago, Pastor Mike got up and shared about Cakey, his double chocolate cake. If you missed that message, you actually want to just type it and try and find it. But the gist of the whole message was the fact that sex outside of marriage is not good. Because the Bible, where's my Bible gone? Let's see. The Bible, the Bible that you're holding. No, it's in my bag, it's all right. The Bible is the blueprint. And God's not wanting being a killjoy. He's wanting to say, hey, if you live according to, to this guidelines, I'm going to bless, I'm going to pour out favor, and I'm going to pour out my presence upon you. And if you live according to that, then we have this open heaven of God's blessing. We heard from Pastor Tark last week about God loves us and wants to do good. Well, if you're always going against what he said in the Bible, then we're not able to really receive that full blessing that he's got available to us. 
Now, what's really interesting is over the last two weeks, and I don't think I've done this for oh, a couple of years, but in the last two weeks, I've had two different couples who have come and seen me, and we've been talking through some real significant issues, and it's all been around their sexuality and around what they've brought into their marriage, into their relationship. The truth is the Bible's not there to be a killjoy. God's not kind of trying to remove fun. He's trying to bring fun. He's trying to bring all the best life that you can get. So, you know, that's one area. We've got to be different from the world. You can't, if you're going to be light, you can't do what the world's doing. You've got to be different. You know, another example is what you watch, what you allow in your eyes. And Jody and I celebrated our 14th uh, wedding anniversary a couple of, I can't remember, April, yeah. Anyway, we celebrated it and we went to the movies. And I want to tell you how rare that is. When we bought the tickets, I still remembered, but Jody didn't. So she got the tickets and she was just walking straight to the movie theater. The guy was standing there looking at her like, what are you doing? And they said, Jody, the tickets. She's looking at me like, what do I do? Because we just haven't been to the movies. I think we may have been twice in the whole 14 years we've been married. And then she just handed the guy the tickets and walked off. And I said, no, you need to grab the butts. You know, just know why. Because we want to guard what we allow in our eyes, what we allow to see. And you laugh, but it's actually, it's actually what happened. A thing that we've been talking about a lot is language. You know, we're amazed that the words that we're starting to hear, not out in the world, not on TV or in the media, Christians, the words they're using. You know, Pastor Joel, talked. About, he's got a son, and his son's actually a Hollywood producer, and he's got this big staff, and they're all actually Christians, and they're trying to work out how do we be salt and light in Hollywood. And we're, Joel and Jody and I were talking about it, and what he said is actually it's not that hard because all they have to do is they go along to meetings, and by the end of the meeting, they're asking, what's different about you? Because their language is completely different. They're not using bad word, words. My, my brother, um, my son, Zach, they, they say they're not using toilet words. They're using whole words. They're using right language. And that language actually stands out because it's different from the world. And that's what we need to be walking in, is wholeness and, and right speech and talking. And we stand out just like... Christian builders, we need to be doing that. We need to be looking after what we allow to come out of our mouths and we're able to be light in the darkness. A great example of this is Daniel. Do you know Daniel? He went to their universities. He didn't go to Christian universities. He went to AUT, if it was around. You know, That's what Daniel did. He didn't try to remove himself. He went to the universities, but what he didn't do was he didn't eat their food. He didn't do the things they did, but he was in their situations. And what I love, and you can see on the slide, there's a whole lot of references through Daniel, where Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood out. They had better aptitude for learning. They had divine knowledge and understanding. They were more capable than the other administrators. Why? Not because they removed themselves, but because they shone their light. And they weren't part of the world, but they were there making a difference. And I think that's what God's saying. Hey, we need to be bright. We need to be light. We need to be standing out. But if you're not different from the world, if you're doing what they're doing, we're no different. And why would they even want what we've got? So it starts by shining our light. And on top of that, there's this thought that actually we need to be bringing God's presence and ability with us, just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just like how Joseph changed policies and politics, we need to be out there making a difference and standing up for what is right. 
but also we mean, need to be allowing God's ability to come through us. Because the truth is you won't be 10 times better, but God's ability in you, God's wisdom and understanding will make you stand out. It will make you stand above the others. And that's what we have to be doing is allowing God's presence to come. And saying, God, we need you to come. We need you to be in my lives. Because then not only will I stand out because of how I act, but I'll stand out because of my ability and my presence and, and the power. And we'll be able to be more creative. I mean, wasn't our God excellent when he built, made the world? Yes. Yes. You know, isn't God just amazingly creative? He is. He's really creative. And we can take that into our workplaces or into our studies, into our families. We are anointed. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. And it doesn't matter what job you've got. Maybe you're a kingdom ninja, a.k.a. a teacher. Maybe you're a lawyer or a, um, a lawyer, an accountant or a builder or a plumber. But whatever you do, God's anointed you to be the best at it. God's anointed you, and that's how you also stand out. If you're an IT worker, you should be able to come up with things and solve solutions better than anyone else. And you know why? Because God's there with you, and that's bringing his presence with you into the workplace. So I really do want to say we have to be taking God's power and presence with us, which is point number two. That's why we need to have our learner's plates on. You know, when you've got a learner's plate on, hopefully, and you're driving along the road, hopefully... You're more gracious towards those learners. <laughs> Obviously, Lumini isn't. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But if we've got our learners plate on spiritually, we're saying, God, I don't have this. I don't have this all together. But together, as we start learning, we're going to be able to do this. And God, let your grace be with us. We're going to be able to start bringing change. So that's standing out and being light in the darkness. But bringing God's presence and power with us is really important. And this kind of really dawned on me at conference. You know, I went over to the kids' conference, and I, Pastor Julian and I, we, we both spoke in the kids' conference. And we were there, and we are praying for these kids. And God's presence was so strong. And he was there, but they didn't know what to do. And it dawned on me, and it was like a real revelation. My son, Zach, who's six and a half, he's been in church pretty much every Sunday of his life. But how many times has he seen the manifestation of God's power upon people? How many times has, has he seen crutches thrown away because God's healed somebody? How many times has he gone, oh, what's happening to them, Dad? Why is there all this laughing happening over in that corner? And you're thinking, oh, Sam, that's a bit Toronto blessing. But let me tell you, if you stand in front of a Big Mac truck, and it starts rolling towards you, you're going to fall over. Isn't that right? Well, just imagine if God's presence and power comes upon you. Do you think you're going to shake a little bit? Do you think you're going to feel something? But my question is, how often are we seeing that? Because let me tell you, if you're not seeing it and experiencing it in here on a Sunday, I don't think you're going to have the boldness and courage to try and start releasing it out there. And that's what I really feel, that we need to be saying, God, we need your power. We need to really have these learning plates on and saying, God, we need your power. We need to see miracles and healings. And through the worship, not through just people praying for people, but through the worship, people should be going, oh, something's changed in my life. And I'm really passionate about this because this is my story. You know, from the ages of 8 to 12, it was like I was walking under an open heaven. and I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was normal. Now I look back and go, man, I wish it was normal. 
But we've got a generation coming through in kids' church who I say are not seeing what they need to see. Because when you've been hit by the power of God and changed, you never go back. You know he's real because you can't deny an experience. You can't remove an experience. And right now, we need to be seeing God's power move. We need to be saying, God, we're on a journey of seeing your power move more and more. Because when we go out there, we need to be taking it with us. But if we're not getting it in here, this is where it starts. I love Pastor Alan's examples of the Quakers and the Holy Rollers. Man, I want to see some more Holy Rollers. Do you know why I want to see some more Holy Rollers? Because I checked it and it's true. They not only started Barclays Bank, they started Lloyd's Bank. They not only started Cadbury's Chocolate, they also started Sony Music, uh, not Sony Music, Sony Technologies. The Quakers, if you're in the UK and you look through the list of all the, the factories and businesses they started, they actually kick-started the early uh, 1900s economy through all the businesses and stuff they started. But why did it start? Not because they were brilliant, because they got hit by the power of God and they got up and they went out and changed the world. Church, I can feel this. This is what it's about. We need to be having the power of God in our lives and moving and experiencing. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in here if people start getting hit by the power of God. They kind of fall down a couple of rows and end on the bottom. But it doesn't matter. The point is, is if we're not experiencing it here, we can't take it out there. And we need to be saying, God, we need more of it. We need to see it happen more. Hey, another area that um, the Quakers, they started Huntley and Palmer's Crackers. Still a pretty big company today, isn't it? You know, you just think about it. Maybe there's people here, you're going to get hit by the power of God one day. You're going to get up and you're going to start a business and it's going to become a big multinational company. Actually, it's for somebody here today. I don't know. You've got a dream in your heart. That's a God-given dream. But it doesn't start by you going, oh, I'm going to do this and this and this. It starts by you coming to God and get in, getting intimate with him. And that's where it all starts. And that's how we have to do it. Slide 11, guys, talks about Exodus 31, about Bazal. Here's a guy. Who's he? He's a guy in the, in the Bible who was the first person who ever got filled with the Holy Spirit. Do, do you know why he got filled with the Holy Spirit? To be a carpenter, to be a, a laborer. Well, not really a laborer, but to do amazing things. Not in the church, out there. You need to see that's what the Spirit of God is for, for us to go out there and make a massive difference. You know, when I was growing up, I saw many, many times where I saw legs grow out because people were praying for them. And you know, back then we didn't have big screens. You used to have to come around the front row. Oh, this person's got a short leg. And we're like excited because we knew what that meant. That meant we might see the power of God move. And it was normal. It needs to get back to a place where it's normal. You know, I want to get to a place where we're coming and anyone's praying for anyone. And there's somebody else sees that and they come behind them and stand there ready to catch. Why do they stand there? Because they're expecting God to move. Where's our faith, church? We're expecting God to move. We're believing for God to do something. We're saying, God, you need to move. God, we need you to be moving in our services because we are a Pentecostal church. Isn't that right? The guys in the front row are pretty sure on that. But that's what it's about. You know, we've got to be starting to see it. Now, just so you're thinking, oh, Sam's just making this all up. No, see, the truth is, Acts and Joel both say, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And I'm not saying we want to go back to the Toronto blessing where everyone's just lying on the floor for hours and having a sleep in church. No, what I'm saying, it's time for us to get hit by the power of God and go out and make a difference. Yes. Yes. It's time for us to get out of the four walls. And I want, to finish, I want to finish this thought with a verse that I heard at conference and I'm like, wow, that is so, so clear. So before I get there, it's about this. We need to be light in the darkness. We need to take Jesus' presence and power into your world. I love the thought that Alan said. We just need to pray our best prayers. You don't need to go to Bible college to be able to pray for anyone. And you know, if you read through the book of the, the Gospels, you didn't hear Jesus praying like for 10 minutes before somebody got healed. It's like, be healed. Just pray your best prayer. You pray your best faithful prayer and just allow God to work. Because the truth is, we can't do anything. We can just be the conduit that God works through. So this is the verse that I really feel. If we're expecting God to do something, this is what I feel God's going to do here in Church Unlimited. I really feel this. And it's in Acts 18, verse 7 and 8. And this is how I'm going to finish this message. And I want to tie this all together because this is what God's going to do. You can see it up there on the screen. So then Paul left the synagogue. Then Susie left the church. Then you left the church and you went next door. I love it here because next door is your university. Next door is your home. Then you leave the church. And you know what happens? Revival breaks out. Revival breaks out. That's what the verse is saying. You leave the church. When you walk out of those doors, then... And then it says, And the entire house I believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. What happens when you leave the church? When you leave the church, when you've encountered God, when you're living righteously, when you get out there, what happens? God turns up. And it's not in here, it's out there. It's next door. You've got to see it's next door. And I love, I'm not making that up. That's in the Bible. Read it for yourself. Next door. How clear is that? God's saying, go next door. Go to your school, go to your workplace and take Jesus with you. I'm expecting. This is, this is where I'm, and I think we're all on this learning journey. This is the key. We're all on this learning journey. If we start expecting to come on a Sunday morning, first of all, hear amazing stories. I reckon people are going to start turning up early because they're just so excited because they've got to tell people, hey, I prayed for this person and they got healed at my workplace. Hey, I was talking to this person and I had a word of knowledge about a brother I didn't even know they had. You're going to start coming early. I'm, going to ex- I'm, I'm expecting that to happen because we've got the learning plates on. We're allowing God, God, give us your grace to just give this a go. We're going to come early and then we're going to get hit and changed by the power of God and we're going to go out on Monday next door and we're going to shine our light and we're going to bring change. Isn't that right? Come on, that's what it's all about. 